Hello, folks. You are listening to Rewriting Our Future, a Mind Control Exodus, with me, Paul Henning. Join us on our journey as we explore and actively work to deprogram ourselves from the forces in the world that socially engineer our lives. Are the politicians, doctors, scientific experts, and news anchors telling us the truth? Is school, pop culture, social media, and television programming supporting the development of our highest consciousness, healthiest bodies, and most sovereign selves? The more we research and listen to our intuition, the more we find that this answer is a loud and resounding no. And so, we are rewriting our future to opt out of the mind control these forces tirelessly aim to manipulate and coerce us with. Welcome to the show, where we are all figuring this out together. What's up, folks? Thank you so much for being here again today. I'm really excited to share with you that I just got off the call with Joel Rafiti from the Here for the Truth podcast. Um, it was a really, really fun and important episode as Joel shares with us the story, how he got um, to where he is today from being a conscious hip-hop artist in Australia years ago, some of the battles he had to go through legally and with himself um, to be able to walk the more authentic path. We talk a lot about how the mystery schools and the mystery traditions of like tarot and astrology can help us as we add more responsibility to our lives to create um, the most important spiritual growth adventure that we can imagine while also serving you know others as well as increasing the light in ourselves it's a really valuable episode it really highlights all the reasons why i love to listen to him, his show and why i'm taking his course so i really think y'all are going to enjoy this one thanks hello everyone Welcome again to another episode of Rewriting Our Future. Today, I am super stoked and privileged to have my guest, Joel Rafiti. Hello, Joel. How are you today? Hey, Paul. I'm doing well, man. It's nice to be here with you, and I appreciate you know getting the opportunity to share this space with you. Yeah, man. Thanks. It's been uh, I've been looking forward to uh, connecting with you one on one. It's been uh, several months since I started listening to your podcast, Here for the Truth, and then. It wasn't long after that till I joined your membership group, Friends of the Truth, and then I was only in that community for like 48 hours before I signed up for your group coaching container, Rise Above the Herd, and that's just been a real pleasure. It ends this week, of course, but um, yeah, I really appreciate you uh, sitting down with me today. Thanks, man. Um, I'll give a little bio here. So Joel is on a mission to invoke truth, freedom, and potential in as many lives as possible through living by example and embodying the principles he values most dearly. His work is to inspire each person to live an authentic life deeply connected to their personal heroic journey. Joel has worked with hundreds of clients from around the world and believes self-knowledge of ourselves as individuals, along with the sharpening of one's use of reason, is the foremost way to unlock our true potential and navigate these times. He is the co-host, like I mentioned, of the Here for the Truth podcast, the co-creator of the Rise Above the Herd group coaching container, a transformational eight-week program and co-creator of Friends of the Truth, a private membership community of truth seekers online. And that's it. And currently you're residing in Mexico. Yeah, man. Ten, ten months today we moved. Nice. In early, early February. Yeah, bro. It's crazy how time, man. Time is funny. It's a funny thing, bro. For sure. Yeah, you just look, look up and, and there it goes. That's why it's important to make good use of it which I've yeah. found uh, I've been doing more and more, thankfully, for people that are creating content like yourself, putting the pressure on um, to be like TikTok, you know, like yeah. we're here and uh, time is time is moving. Um, we might as well make it valuable as possible by doing the inner work, which was a real blessing to get into this. So I'll give you a taste of your own medicine and mm. I'll ask you here, what has been some of the major rites of passage on your own hero's journey to get you to where you are today? That's a classic, man. I feel like I've asked that question 156 times in my life. <laughs> yeah, I've heard about 100 of them probably. Oh, my goodness, man. The major ones. The major ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first major one, my first major shift in consciousness happened in 2015. I was reading... I just broke up and my first major relationship just ended seven year relationship ended. Um, I launched my first full length album the same year. Um, I toured, toured Australia acoustically, wow. um, you know, 
playing my hip hop tracks, got major radio airplay on main, mainstream stations. Um, it was dope. Things, things felt like they were coming together in that regard. But ultimately, there was a void. There was, there was still a void. You know, things didn't really take off the way I had truly envisioned. I felt numb. I felt numb. I felt lost. I felt like, you know, I'm still living at home, 25 years old. I felt like I was lacking purpose. Um, anyway, I came across, I guess, I can't tell this power of now, you know, like everyone, so many sure. of us on this, on this journey, bro. That was my first major shift in consciousness. Um, and it's, it's, it's an interesting one because, you know, it's a teaching that teaches you to drop the identity, you know, detach from your thoughts, find stillness, find the beauty in all things. And I did that. Um, I definitely did that, you know, like the most mundane things all of a sudden was so amazing. You know, I've said this before, like even just being so present with like emptying the dishwasher or taking the garbage out or, you know, just sitting amongst flowers and trees, like everything was vibrant and full. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I am, I am enlightened. It happened, it happened to happen to me. Yeah. Just like that. You're the one. Yeah. <laughs> I was the chosen one. I was, yeah. I was the, I was the special one. Yeah. I lived in that place. I lived in that place for a while, man. Um, and then I guess that leads me to the second major rite of passage. I met my wife, Alyssa, um, mm. seven months after that, you know, um, told her I loved her the very first night I met her. <laughs> she, she, reciprocated, <laughs> she reciprocated her back to me. Whoa, that's, yeah, that doesn't happen every day. And uh, we, pretty much lived, we pretty, pretty much lived together from then. Uh, like maybe we spent three or four nights apart, like since, since then. Wow, but, that's powerful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, definitely not all rainbows and butterflies. I'm sure that, mm-hmm. you know, a bit of trauma bonding initially that, you know, leads, leads to something like that. But that was the second major rite of passage, man. Yeah. Um, was, was there. And from there, you know, I began to, I guess, develop the self through the mirror of relationship, you know, and in many ways at that time, bro, I was a boy, you know, you're 20, 25, 26 years old, but consciously, man, mm-hmm. I was a child, bro. When I think back, you know, but I mean, we need responsibility and that's, that's how men develop. That's how men grow. But I think there's so much conditioning within, within the culture that leads us to have an aversion to responsibility because responsibility comes with pain. It's right. only through the pain of responsibility that true freedom is, is attainable for us. And I hadn't learned that lesson yet at that point. Mm-hmm. Anyway, time goes on. I guess the next one is the, the birth of Valley, you know, my firstborn, 2018. Now I'm a dad now and, you know, it's a, another load of responsibility on my plate. And you know, yeah. all of a sudden making hip hop music isn't going to feed my family. Um, so I was employed by my dad, you know, this, this is an ongoing theme in my life. The, you know, just the overarching theme of my father, you know, first, I was first generation Palestinian, you know, he was forced to come to Australia from Jerusalem in 1967. Hmm. And, you know, the magnanimous achievements of this, you know, refugee who built the largest independent concrete manufacturing facility in the Southern hemisphere. Wow. You know, yeah. Yeah. Major accomplishment. Major accomplishment and always always a lot to live up to. Always a big shadow, you know, mm-hmm. cast over me. And um, you know, my whole life was like, you're just gonna inherit the family business, you know, and you always have this safety net. Don't worry about, you know, anything else. Don't pursue anything else too hard mm-hmm. or too consistently. Like, you know, that's there. And it took me a while to learn that that safety net is my ceiling. You know, the the mm-hmm. was holding me back more than mm-hmm. anything else. Um, and yeah, so at that point in time, man, it just felt like I was leading a life of unlived potential. It felt like I was just being crushed under the weight of like all these things. And I was just out of touch with who I really was, what I really valued, what I really wanted. Um, the, the philosophy I had adopted through, you know, the new age teachings of Eckhart Tolle and, you know, the like. Um, really set up a really set up a theme of psychological bypassing, for sure. You know, I began to cast a shadow bigger than Ben Hur in many ways. I got very comfortable just telling myself passive white lies, 
passive white lies to even my, my wife, my family, mm. you know, things just to numb the pain and get through and just, you know, avoid the reality that nothing between my inner and outer worlds were in alignment from the reality that I was suffering of piss poor self-esteem because, you know, there was no real congruence. Um, and that's at that point in time, you know, 20, 2019, 2020 rolled around and I was in so much pain. I was like, something just has to shift. Something has, has to change. At this point, I was vegan for five years, bro, between 2015 and 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the start of 2020 happened and my body was like, you know, you can't focus. You're so scattered. You know, you feel so fickle. You feel like you could float away at any second. You know, sure, you're, you're making money, but, you know, making money through my family, my, my, you know, my, my dad and, you know, just doing the bare minimum and, you know, didn't really feel empowering to me. So I went and bought a chicken burger. <laughs> As all the greats do when they need a major life transformation, you know. I've heard this story many times. Uh, I, would have, I would have bought a chicken burger. And to this date, it was still, you know, the best tasting um, <laughs> meat meal I've had since, since yeah. that time. It was delicious, bro. <laughs> Schnitzel, oh, sweet chili sauce. It changed yeah. my life, that thing. I went upstairs, I ate it, bro. All my senses just came alive. These neurons <laughs> in my brain were firing. I was like, holy shit. Wow. Bro, I wanted to press off. This is the major catalyst. This, this is the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this Who would have thought? Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. It was a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is the major rite of passage right here. Yeah. And mind you, like I converted my wife to, to veganism in like 2016 as well. So she was like, who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> You made me oh, change everything, and now look at yeah. you sitting there with your chicken burger. Like, wow! And this, this is, but this is the like underlying all of this, man. Is the theme that change comes with pain, it comes with disappointing mm. people. You know, when you when you when you have to shift things in your life, and you have to shift, you know, realities that you've sowed and tacitly agreed with other people as to this is the status quo, this is the life I'm leading, this is this is what's going on. Yeah, but you know the weight of that pain was too much, and shit had to shift. And I made the decision then and there to have zero tolerance for the lie. That wow. was that was that was my policy, because my you know there's something screaming within you intuitively when it's like you have to own up to that, you have to confess that, you have to deal with that, you have to have that difficult conversation. Um, and there's so much pain involved in doing that, but something within you just knows on the other side of that is space, is freedom, mm. is power, is homeostasis. And it's only from that place that I can really begin to make truly aligned decisions and move the needle forward um, on my life. And so, you know, that was the same year the, the scandemic started. And I became very, very, very vocal on social media, like balls to the wall. You know, this is where I kind of began to make a name for myself. I guess, within the quote-unquote truth community and people began to know me as someone that was outspoken. How did you know to speak up? How did you know it was, a, it was the scandemic? I mean, uh, I, I, was, I became aware to, you know, the corrupt nature of much of our mainstream society around 2015 mm. as well. You know, I watched Zeitgeist in 2015. Um, I watched um, The Truth About Vaccines by the Bollingers in 2015. We had a, you know, but my, with, with, with Valley, like we had a planned home birth. She was never, you know, vaccinated. Like I was pretty much privy to all of that, you know, mm. but like I wasn't as vocal about it publicly. Like I was vocal about it, but not to the point where I'm going to, you know, isolate friends and family kind of thing. Sure. sure. But then 2020 20, came around and, uh, you know, people, people who I thought would be on the tip, you know, just weren't, they were just spreading fear like unimaginably like i was in all these group chats with like you know you're still in the group chats with like you know mates from high school and stuff like that yeah. and people are having the conversations and um you know early on early on it was very very intense as you know and yeah my opinions definitely isolated people and this was a major rite of passage you know like like all of us i feel like this is where you know, I definitely took leaps and bounds towards a life of deeper authenticity. And again, it came with pain. I was disinvited from, you know, weddings of best friends for 20 plus years. I was told that, you know, they don't want my kids to see their newborns and mm. stuff like that, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I definitely had a reputation. Um, I went to 
I was performing and speaking at all the major freedom rallies and protests around around Sydney, you know, at, at one of these events. Afterwards, there was I was I was fined for attending this event. And then I was given a statement by the police, a four or five page statement. And one of the paragraphs said that there was 38 independent calls to crime stoppers from, from people about my presence at this, at this event. Wow. You know? That's crazy. Yeah, bro. It was, it was crazy, man. You know, like people turned to me so quickly, um, you know, but that was part of it, man. I decided I'm, I'm moving forward. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't want to fake reality for anyone because it's in, it's in faking reality to that degree that I begin to lose myself. I begin to lose access mm. to my own, you know, internal power source. And yeah, bro. So like by this point in time, like I've got three, four fines from the authorities, you know, the police are knocking on my door, you know, maybe every weekend just checking if I'm going to leave the house, Jeez. checking if I'm going to go to the next protest, um, you know, and stuff like that. And this, this is another major rite of passage still in the topic, you know, is fighting these fines within the, you know, the, the judicial system in Sydney. Um, because, like, you've got all these fines. You realize they're based on absolute bullshit. And it's like, right. I'm not going to pay them because then, you know, I'd feel like absolute crap. I'd be betraying myself, you yeah. know, to pay something that's based on no semblance of justice or truth. I'm not going to pay right. a lawyer to defend me because like, why should I have to outsource and spend my money paying a lawyer to defend this stuff? You know? Yeah. So that's where I was like, all right, let's, let's face the music, you know? Hmm. Um, so man, I went and I began to study on my own terms and reach out to the people on my own terms who I felt intuitively could support me, could help me lead me to the right information to defend myself. And then, yeah, I successfully defended myself independently in court on, on three different three different occasions, bro. Oh. Like, that was, that was a lot to move through because, you know, back then they're talking about, you know, the threat of jail, the threat of the fine becoming $10,000, $20,000, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I just Gosh. decided to stand on the pillar of truth and, and back myself and, you know, definitely, definitely paid off, man. And that was a big exercise in self-esteem for me, you know, for sure. Mm -hmm going through that um i'm sure you've heard this story from your asimos but during this period he and also he and i also met you know through unslaved i began to you know build my life and start doing what i do now i don't know is that is that a much is that enough major rights of passages yeah man that makes sense <laughs> and then yeah and uh that's a incredible story you know it's so uh empowering for me to hear because to hear the steps along the way that yeah. I like every step that you describe is a reasonable step to achieve for someone acting in courage. Right. And this is part of why y'all's show has probably become so popular because you, you highlight these um, this journey through so many people that often we don't hear the, the, the backstory. We just hear the, you know, the vision or the, the product or the content that they want to create now. Um, but it's so it's amazing because, you, you know, I can see how people would look at you on your Instagram and be like, well, it must be nice, you know, to have like all this this platform and this group coaching and your, yeah. you know, whatever, a professional truth teller uh, must yeah. be nice, you know, yeah, but it it's like, no, it, it's not. It wasn't like, well, it's nice now. Sure. But it was like, you can do it like I all can do whatever my next obstacle is. I can face it and do boom, 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 you know, because yeah. you didn't jump from, uh, you know, the vision from working for your dad at 18 to where you are today in one leap where he was just like no. lucky or something like no. it was hard work the whole way. And that is the reminder that I need. And that's the reminder that we all need um, because that's how you do it, you know? And so it eliminates your story, eliminates any um, ability for us to give responsibility to anybody else. It's like, if I want my life to get better, I have to take responsibility, you know, based on your, your story. Yeah, man, for sure, bro. And like, we all get, we get, and me too, for a long time, like during that period, we get, you know, caught up in this magical thinking that, you know, as long as I'm a good person, as long as I do the right thing by the most amount of people, and eventually, you know, the magic fairy is going to come land on my shoulder and be like, here's everything you want in life. You know, here's all mm -hmm. the opportunities that you've, you've been waiting for. Um, you know, we're, we're rewarding you now. Cause it doesn't, doesn't happen like that. No, man. it's not going to happen. You got to do it. Um, <laughs> you got to do the work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so the the way you fought the court system, you know, one of the things maybe you were always mm -hmm. like this, but one of the things that's obvious to tell about you is that you're you're quite uh, articulate. I think you know sometimes I, I listen to you and I think you must be like reading a slide, but then 
maybe you're not. Um, and it's something that I find that I want to become more articulate. Uh, mm -hmm. And sometimes I can do pretty good, but then I get stumbled. I stumble up, especially doing interviews and stuff that are live. But, uh, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this, but how do you, how do you become so articulate? Is that part of the, the process or was that being like a, like a rapper or the legal process of reading or writing or what? Yeah. Um, like this kind of harkens back to like another major catalyst in my life a little bit. I've always like, to be honest with you, I've always felt naturally skilled when it mm -hmm. comes to literacy, when it comes to writing, when it comes to articulating myself, like, um, I was like, okay, I finished, finished like second in like the state spelling bee, you know, mm -hmm. in, like, in like year eight or something like that. And in English was always my strongest subject, bar none throughout. And yeah, I started writing hip hop music and, you know, poetry was always important to me. Yeah. But when I started down this path of entrepreneurship, um, this was also in 2020, I joined um, Michael Tessarian's mystery school, Michael Tessarian, mm -hmm. you know, amazing mm -hmm. occult conspiracy researcher, co-host of the Unslaved podcast. And... Uh, Something about divination really like was calling to me. I was like, I wonder if astrology has any answers for me. I haven't really explored this path. I wonder if numerology mm. has any answers for me. Anyway, Michael has this unique system called Taroscopes, where tarot, numerology, astrology, and Kabbalah, these are all the four ancient divine sciences, and they're actually meant to be used together. The ancients utilize them together. So all of us have like a, um, specific readings that are specific to us through the tarot. We have personal numerology through the tarot, personal cards. Anyway, my birth card is the Seven of Cups. Hmm. And so I read this card for the first time in 2020. And like one of the positive attributes of this card was like literary gifts, hmm. you know? And it just, you know, that, that hits you because it's like, it's something like you've always felt or, or known about yourself. But then to have it echoed back, you know, through as though like I was born this way, I was born with these attributes, I was meant to have these gifts, I'm meant to utilize them in service of something greater. And that's where you really begin to build an identity and stake your flag in the ground, you know, and be like, this is who I am. You know, we all come here with a unique set of attributes in, in, in different arenas. And this is, this is my lot. These are the cards that I've been dealt. Now, not all of us, you know, um, utilize those gifts appropriately, but yeah, that, that was big for me, man. So to realize yeah. that, yeah, I do have these skills and how can I utilize them in service of my highest values and a real creative purpose? And it's like, you know, this is, this is a vocation we're talking about now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's awesome. Um, I appreciate you leaning into that and just being like saying it like it is, which is something that your course has taught me part of the self-esteem thing, you know, because I think of a previous version of myself, <clears throat> If I had received a question like that, I mean, I've been like, oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just lucky or I just read or I just come off like that, you know, but for you to set the example to be like, yeah, I can do this. And it's part of my gift. And this is why um, I really appreciate that. And I actually just bought that a book, uh, The Path of the Fool, like mm. an hour ago, because I was doing some research for this call. And uh, the telescopes is something I wanted to talk to you about. And then I read the, the bio for the page. And it was like, make sure you read this book as a prerequisite. And so I was like, oh, sweet. So I just got it on my Kindle. Um, so I look yeah, forward, so I look the, the path of the full is Michael's breakdown of the positive, negatives, and reversed meanings of each of the 78 cards of the tarot. But highly recommend you go through his path of the full series and unslaved. Like that is a masterclass mm. in psychology and archetypes as he disseminates each of those cards. And, you know, that was, that was a major thing for me as well, going through that, you know, really building um, the intuitive and the imaginal side and the, you know, the creative abilities to think because like rationality is only one side of the coin you know but we really need to be able to get those dot connecting mechanisms working as well hmm. yeah absolutely it's been so powerful you know i only in the last few years have i taken up some of the tarot on my own and i i read a, a little a couple books about it and i started to read for people that i knew years ago and when i was doing like wildland firefighting and so it would be like people that you know traditional like lumberjack type dudes and i'd be like yeah. let me read your cards and they're like what is this hippie shit you know <laughs> um but I, I learned a lot and uh it's been really valuable and so but i kind of hit a plateau same thing happened to me with guitar i learned like four chords and i could strum around a campfire and then i stopped that's yep. what happened with my tarot i learned the basics to be able to have a conversation and then i stopped but this uh you know you bringing up the terascopes and you know cesarean's work on this stuff has reignited it so i'm excited to read that book this month cool and because it does, it does give you context for your life. I used to, I used to kind of give those 
types of um what do you call them like the 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 personality i don't know there's a word i'm missing but the, the way that you you uh you give them the traits for yourself um i used to think that they were like self-fulfilling prophecies and so mm -hmm. it was could be like to to disregard them mm -hmm. um but now I realize that I sh that's completely inverted. You know, like you just said, you can use them to find your gifts and move forward. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, e even if someone takes it as like a self-fulfilling prophecy, if they're in a place of purposelessness, like it's not, it's mm. not a bad thing. True. Yeah, it'll give you direction. Yeah. Abs absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, you know, life life is short time is time is time is very short and fickle and moves quickly and like you know so many people i feel like are just so interested in such a broad number of things but their energy and their focus is so scattered that they're unwilling to commit to the two or three things which mm. really interest them and excite them to really yeah. pour energy and love and build something amazing into and like you know we're too busy you know waiting for the special thing that's going to be the, the amazing thing that you know and it's like you know what it is. We all we all know what it is for each of us. Yeah. In subtle levels, in subtle ways, we know we know what it is. Mm -hmm. And you know, we just think the task is too too monumental. Um, but you know, it's chip 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 bit by bit. What's the next thing I need to do? And, yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And it's such a good point. We do know. You know, you have a voice in your head, whether you've buried it or not, that that tells you, that tells me uh, what it is. And even if it doesn't have to be like the forever big thing, it is the thing for right now. Just like yeah. in that book, The Alchemist, it's like so powerful, even though it's like become a cliche, like you, you, you pour yourself into the adventure in front of you as mm. if it's your life's work, because it is for the moment. And then it will reveal the next one if it's not the one that you're to do forever. And so that was, that's something that's helping me, um, is like understanding that if I dive into the thing that is in my mind, calling me to it, it doesn't have to mean that it's going to be for the next 80 years. It's just, it could be the, the step, you know, or it could flush itself out and be forever. But the point is to, is to heed that call. Yeah. And, and, and either way, like through the process, you're developing the self, whether, right. whether the container and the tools or the form that you're working with is the thing forever is, is not the point. You're developing mm -hmm. the self. Like for me, when I decided to shift and, you know, my values began to really, um, stifle with the family business and i was like that's it i'm doing my own thing you know i studied taroscopes because i always wanted to build a career i decided to build a career out of it mm. so like before the podcast with erasmus before any group coaching i was doing tarot readings i was doing astrology readings nice and you know they'll fish out of water complete imposter syndrome you know this guy who was working driving a forklift you know two weeks ago now all of a sudden is going to start reading tarot, <laughs> reading tarot. Yeah. But putting yourself yeah. in the fire mm -hmm. of, you know, a, a, you know, a one-on-one -on -one session with someone and being like, can I do this? Can I actually provide value? You know, mm -hmm. and then repeating that and exercising, you know, those faculties. Wow. That's, 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 that's where we're forged in many ways, you know. Right. I built this whole, I built this whole grounded alchemy business. I built the website. <laughs> I built all the pathways for people to find me on the internet for me to do sessions. Like at that point in time, I thought it was the forever thing. Until, you know, Here for the Truth came along and then it was like, okay, actually something feels a bit better here. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, that's amazing. And it combines a couple of points you've made already. Like one of the things you said is your security, uh, your sense of security, your security blanket is your ceiling. Mm -hmm. um, and that ties into something else that I read on your Instagram that was like uh, psychological health is directly related to the, your responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, which is connected also to a video you shared in the group the other day. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can can you talk more about that? Yeah, definitely, man. Well, I mean, to me, like all pretty much all disorder and all mental suffering comes from our unwillingness to face the pain that comes with the responsibility of dealing with reality, you mm -hmm. know, because when we're avoiding the pain, when we're avoiding responsibility, when we're avoiding reality, we're, we're, we're avoiding the development of the self. So we're becoming stagnant. We're decaying. You know, they, these forces that we refuse to engage with, they become entropic and they begin to decay us internally. Mm -hmm. And we begin to regress into like a womb-like state, you know, and this is just perfect for society, just perfect for the culture that wants to comfort us that wants to convenient us, that wants to pacify us right. and not want us to, to move into potential and move into individuation. 
Mm-hmm. And so like the way I see it is like, I am this force and like reality is this force and like reality is coming at me and like I either let reality have me, I lay over, I become passive, I let the cobwebs and the spiders and all mm. the shit crawl all over me and all the dust or I decide to utilize this force and actively engage with reality and through that process prove to myself that I am competent, I am capable, I am appropriate for life, I am appropriate and capable of dealing with, with, these, with these forces out there that, that, that exist. And that's where self-esteem is, is born. That's where self-recognition, self-admiration, pride in being who one truly is comes. You know, it's, it's through recognizing that one is appropriate to life. And that can only happen through dealing with reality. Like, you know, we, we, we sit there and we just like point at all these problems incessantly yet we refuse to actually do the work and take the actions necessary to solve the problems. And yeah. it's, in, it's in solving the problems of life where the juice is discovered. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's spiritual growth right, right there. You know, it's yeah. in the muck, it's in the soil, it's in the fertility where, you know, all evolution and greatness is born, which mm-hmm. is sometimes, you know, it's fucking... Checking my bank account. Sometimes it's, you know, writing the newsletter. Sometimes it's doing the dishes. But yeah. I'm recognizing what needs to be done next and I'm refusing to let it be a burden on my psyche that's going to eat away at me. And instead, I'm engaging with it. I'm, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I like that analogy you use of, of it being like the cobwebs, the alternative being cobwebs and bugs and dust and just like... You know, I picture like an old house and there's just like furniture getting moved around you. And like, that's because that's what happens. But it, it, all of those, you know, that analogy of the cobweb, they're all covered in glitter. And it's, it's like a, it's appealing to people now because mm-hmm. I think we as a society, in a lot of ways, we can be covered in those social engineering, like tech tactics. And we can yeah. see them as uh, ideals. And so some, I think there's a, there's a, you know, cause it's inverted, of course. And so it's like uh, the more, there was a time where I'd be like, well, the more I'm covered in cobwebs, the better I'm doing or something because I, so is everybody else. And they're all like shiny and it looks like the path, you know, um, yeah. but to, yeah, but to start walking free of that is where the confidence comes and it, the degree to which it is difficult is the degree to which you find the reward, right? Which is like makes so much sense now, but it, it like took so long. You know, my, my podcast is like, it's called Rewriting Our Future, A Mind Control Exodus. And sometimes mm. I would get like, I'm like, hmm, that seems kind of strong word, a mind control exodus. Like, but no, it's not. It, like, that's what it is. And, and my wife and I are going through this in real time. That's why we started it, because we're going to continue this path. Like, uh, we're making the changes actively, even though we can't see around the corner. Um, yep. And so we can feel ourselves tearing through these cobwebs and dusting ourselves off and then going farther and farther, you know. Um, <clears throat> but the thing I can't, that I, I can't see around the corner, you know. Yeah. We're so conditioned to think we need to have this super long range. Right. But, bro, my vision is like six months. <laughs> exactly. But you're still moving. Yeah, still that's moving. right. Right. But, and, that, but that, that's, that's <clears throat> the authentic path because yep. the path isn't pre-carved for me. The path hasn't been decided. The roads haven't been cut out right. by the social engineers. It's yeah. like I'm still moving through the forest. Like yeah. the the headlight on my forehead only has so much distance. Yeah, you know exactly. And I am grateful that I've finally started to feel that momentum. You know, I used to have that for years. I did a lot of like traveling around the world, and I would quit jobs and come and go. But there wasn't really much spiritual um, alignment to it. I was like I was like all foggy in the spiritual realm. I thought that that was um, yeah. something to that was for just only christians or or fundamental like religious people you know and i was like well i'm not you know a christian anymore and i'm not you know islamic or i'm not jewish so like why, why do i need spirituality i'll just be a hedonist and so i thought that my like hedonistic life that you know i could figure out how to travel the world in my late 20s and when people were like grinding away at work so i was like i'm basically can retire whenever i want bit by bit even though i wasn't super rich or anything i just that's what my priority and so i thought that that was me carving my own path and I realize now that that was kind of part of the new age deception of just like avoiding your responsibility. It's like the Peter Pan thing, you know. Um, and then when I when the when the pandemic hit and and everything changed, it was like oh my gosh. And so it became um, 
suddenly a spiritual battle. And like you described, you know, the spiritual growth comes through breaking free of the, the propaganda and the, you know, the social engineering. And so what that means then, if it's a spirit, if the spiritual growth comes to breaking through that, then it's basically evil. What, when those things get put on us. And I would have thought if somebody would have said like, it's demonic, the government is like the tactics of the government are demonic. I would have thought that that was hyperbolic and a little bit crazy. But now mm-hmm. when you see it as like a spiritual warfare, it's like, are you going to walk your authentic path or are, are forces keeping you from being at peace with your soul? Then it could be described as demonic by some definitions. Um, yeah. And it's a really powerful way to view the world. And it's like still blowing my mind, you know? Yeah. I mean, I hear you, bro. It's like, it's interesting because, you know, many people, they might come to this point where it's like, you know, there's so many satanic and demonic forces like all around me. And then, you know, then they can become stagnant, even just in, 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 in that reality, you know, mm-hmm. oh, fucking look at this, all this evil. Dude. How am I, what's, what's the point of like getting on with the real world? What's the point of like walking the authentic path or finding purpose yeah. or like giving my gift, you know? But to me, it's like I like, like I video game it. You know, to me, it's like mm. the reality is that I exist with these incredibly corrupt forces mm-hmm. that are vampiric, um, that want to eat away at me, that want to steal my life force, and here I am as a human being of incredible creative power, saying "fuck no, not yeah. today." Mm-hmm. And to me, it's that's actually a motivating force. And uh, all growth, all evolution, you know, comes in that friction between dark and light, between good mm. and evil, you know, so to speak, even though it's not as black and white as that necessarily. Right. But like even, you know, on the most basic biological natural level, like evolution happens through friction. You know, plants mm. are grown, mm-hmm. you know, in, in darkness, you know, shells are broken open. like. Yeah. In many ways, like that is the archetypal, like evil force that exists within nature. It's just, it's the, it's the regressive principle. Mm. It's the regressive factor, mm-hmm. you know, it's the yeah. sun going down. It's the waves ebbing, but yeah. that is the most natural thing ever because that's what causes us to grow, to develop. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. And what I've been learning when listening to people, you know, learning more about natural law, like Mark Passio and others, is like the degree of that the forces are against us or whatever. The, 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 the intensity of the darkness is yeah. uh, at this point a reflection of what we have all cultivated ourselves on the planet. And so it happens to be at the same degree of which we are called to rise, you know? And so that has helped me too, instead of being overwhelmed, like, oh no, the tanks are going to come down the street and they're going to send us to camps or they're going to do a bail-in and all my savings is going to disappear or whatever. Uh, I can just chill out and be like, okay, the degree of the weight of the negative is exactly the, the, it's calling me to my hero's journey basically. And then it becomes uh, like an adventure and we've yeah. been we've been thinking like this for only like a year or so and it's been changing our, our lives dramatically you know um and i can imagine it would be really powerful to be doing group coaching can you talk a little bit about your your journey with like the rise above the herd and you know what it's like for you to 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 be part of people's process to heal and to change and also what it's done for you as a facilitator yeah Still wild, man. Because like I never, I, I just I don't really see myself like as 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 a coach in in, mm. in in many ways. Like I just see myself as a human being who's dealing with reality, who's taking very discerning notes of the key lessons that have that have helped me the most, and sharing that experience. You know, um, and uh, it's been it's 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 been really incredible, man. And like, this is something that like we even speak about within the course, you know, because ultimately what called us to start a group coaching program was us realizing that they, we were so lit up about here for the truth and recording these podcasts that we wanted to make this our life. We didn't want mm-hmm. it to be a, a side thing. We didn't want it to be, you know, secondary. 
And so, you know, again, looking to reality, reality is asking us, okay, how do you, how can you receive value from doing this thing that you really love? You know, mm -hmm. how can you, how can you monetize it? So as that you can then put all your energy into helping people and having these conversations and recording these podcasts. So Rise Above the Herd was really born out of our inherent want to monetize here for the truth so that yeah. we could then pour all our love and energy into it. Um, and uh, yeah, man. So, you know, Erasmus and I sat down and we looked at our own paths, at our own lives, at our own journeys. And we're like, if we can really boil it down, you know, what are the key areas, the key teachers, you know, the key things that have really transformed and catalyzed us? And then you go through the creative exercise of, you know, creating modules and, you know, putting that, putting yeah. that into, into real world terms and putting it in a way where it can be received and people can learn it. And then always through you know, our own unique filters and our, and our own unique lens. Um, and we put ourselves to the fire. Like when we did Rise Above the Herd round one, we sold the program and the modules were created. Wow. So we decided to give ourselves no choice but to move mm -hmm. forward with this nice. thing. Yeah. And that's something which we often, you know, tell you guys and the previous students. It's like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's not meant to be perfect. You know, mm -hmm. you just have to move forward. Like imperfect action ultimately is what builds the tower. Right. Um, so, yeah, man, week to week during the first round, we created those modules and then we taught that program wow. live that's like feet to the one. fire right there yeah bro it was absolutely feet to the fire um but it's like this is what we valued this is what mm -hmm. we wanted and you know obviously just based on the feedback that we've gotten and you know the way that the rounds continue to fill up fill up you know i feel like we're definitely impacting people in a, in a very profound way and it's come to a point where like you know man like for me just it feels like my path. It just feels, you know, so natural to be able to like bring people into like our little corner of the universe and really just like, you know, <laughs> metaphorically mm -hmm. slap them around a bit and be like, yeah. time to get on with it, you know? And, and, and mm -hmm. I love it, man. You know, again, human design as a generator, it excites me. I love meeting new people. I love being able to impact their lives. Um, I love being able to introduce them to like new information and new possibilities. I really love, you know, getting them to remember that their life, you know, is, should be their highest value. Their potential should be the highest value and everything else then should be built around that. And, you know, mm -hmm. to fall in love again with the fact that you're a living human being that yeah. has desires, right? That has goals, that has values. Mm -hmm. There's no guilt associated with that. What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. How do you make it happen? Are you taking that next step? Yeah. Yeah, it's been really valuable. You know, I, I, uh, I've been talking to a lot of people about it and uh, I'm excited to leave like a review uh, or a testimonial uh, because one of, the, one of the really valuable things that I've seen, you know, is that being in a group, I would have thought that if you had asked me at the beginning for the same price, you can have a one-on-one -on -one experience or a group. I would yeah. have thought that the one-on-one -on -one would have been more worth my money because it would have been just private with me or whatever. Yeah. But I would have been wrong in this instance because being around the group and seeing other people listening to other people open up and you know the way that other people are challenged in ways that they're not used to because people in their regular life aren't coming from this really uh, holistic and unique perspective of the, the ascension that we're supposed to go through you know that yeah. you all have and then hearing people be praised has actually been really valuable for me because you can tell you guys will will call someone out for their strength or their you know some form of vulnerability that they that they prove through courage and some action and people will shift even myself included uncomfortably when you call yeah. someone a badass or you know it's like oh well no it's just i'm just you know but it's like no you can i'm like i'm i am to sit in my greatness the same you know if i'm gonna own my my flaws the way that the media wants me to then i have to also own my greatness and that has been a really valuable part to see others do that um because yeah. it's often hard to see yourself you know, even though we're all on Zoom and we're literally looking at ourselves, but uh, it's hard to, to know. But to watch others in real time be challenged on acknowledging their greatness and their weaknesses. Yeah, um, yeah I, I couldn't have imagined. Well, I mean, we all have such an inverted relationship with pride, you know, 
like the entire culture is designed for us to, to dim our light, not own our light, not, mm-hmm. not shine our light. You know, pride's one of the seven deadly sins. You know, right. but like pride, simply put, is the emotional reward for achievement. Like it's a natural thing that right. wells up in us when we realize like we're moving forward, we're evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, bro, this, this is the core of self-love. And like all mm-hmm. around us, man, like people's cups are so empty and they feel bad for filling them. And it's yes. like, how can you even begin to grow? How can you even begin to change when it's like there's this, it's like there's this wiring that's been put in back to front. And it's like anytime <laughs> you take a positive step towards fulfilling your potential, you have to then flagellate and beat yourself at the same time right. and quickly tip so it out true. as quickly as possible, you know? And it's like, these are the contradictions and this is why the first part of the program is, is deconditioning before we get into developing self-esteem because mm-hmm. it really is like the name of the podcast. There's a rewrite, there's a rewiring that needs to take place mm-hmm. for people to even begin to climb the mountain. You know, you can climb the mountain as much as you want, but as long as that wiring remains backwards, then you're going to empty your cup as quickly as you fill it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sad. You know, once you start to see it, more and more it is it becomes really sad to to see the people with so much potential that you love or even strangers or whatever just um to shun their own light for the sake of the collective you know and uh and like you said the the machine wants us to be small and quiet and so not only is it going to benefit me to be expansive and bright as i possibly can with with a, a high vibe positive intention but it's not only is it my personal obligation to the yeah. world, but it also benefits me, you know? It's like, and that's another interesting thing I've learned from you guys is the topic of sacrifice. It's like, well, if I want to better the world, then I have to sacrifice myself. I got to go live like an ascetic, like Mother Teresa. It's like, mm-hmm. n- not so, right? Yeah. It's both. You can increase your quality of life and your self-esteem and help the planet all together. And uh, it's incredible that you have to lay it out in a course. Because it's been, <laughs> like we don't know. It's not just like common knowledge, you know, that you can literally have it all. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're the only species that, you know, can act against our own moral interest, right? Like the plant is not going to think twice about growing. The animal is not going to think twice about eating. Right. Yeah, you know, we question whether, you know, we should put our survival, let alone our thrival first. Right. It's so true. It's not like, oh, because you're right. Like, we're like plants. are like, oh, my God, I would hate to outshade you a little bit. I'll, <laughs> yeah. just, I'll, just, I'll just bear less fruit so that I don't, you know, offend your, you, hypothetically offend you. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah uh, I, won't, I, won't, I won't shine as bright. I won't grow as tall. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't be as complex and as beautiful as I can, you know. Right. Whereas, you know, that's the most natural thing for us to do. And, you know, mm-hmm. for us, it's about just, you know. Mm-hmm. moving the debris and showing you that that's the case again yeah yeah and there's definitely lots of debris it's so interesting that everyone has so many different unique uh places that, that we're hung up you know like all the places i'm hung up are completely unique from the guy next to me. my own brothers and family like the people the most genetically close to me have completely different obstacles than i do um yeah. and so it makes sense that the path would be uniquely our own it is not going to be there's no blueprint you know unless you follow up right in line with your the family business or you know join the military like i was in the united states navy for a while and mm-hmm. um you know and then one day i heard etienne uh, de la boyette squared speak at a festival live for the first time first time i ever met him and and i like wept because of the way he spoke about the government and i um it just shocked me you know um and i was like man there's a path that's laid out that path is paved with rails there's an, it's got even like a moving walkway if you if you need a path that they'll just right towards you know outsourcing your own morality um you know with a bonus uh and so i was like oh my gosh uh what what did i you know i was so i felt so foolish for a while i was embarrassed and and shameful i didn't fortunately i didn't do anything like terrible like myself like directly but um because i was just a mechanic but um that concept really like hurt me for a while that shame and then but then you know to bounce back from that and to be like okay what is my path now you know um it's been really valuable yeah man but like no one is no one is born with the perfect map no one is born you know pure completely immune from all the conditioning and all the progress and all, all the programming like mm-hmm. we have to have self-compassion with ourselves you know the entire way through the process right. of the journey 
Like we're constantly moving through things which in the moment they are going to be perceived as truth, but down mm-hmm. the road may be recognized, you know, as, as illusion. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, part of, part of developing the self is having that gentleness for ourselves and having that compassion and, you know, yeah. realizing that we're, we're, we're imperfect and, you know, consciousness isn't all evasive immediately and, you know, widening the light of that consciousness is, is a process. Yeah, that's it's so cool to hear because it's like I just keep talking about like being able to have it all like so we can go through this process, help the world and help ourselves be more expansive, become more creative, be more enslaved, and we can do it with more self-compassion. We don't have to flog ourselves along the way. And, you know, and so to hear you say that, like it, it's just it seems too good to be true. But it's crazy because that's the way it, it must be done to be the most efficient. Right. Because if you beat yourself up for being vegan and for maybe the time lost because your brain didn't have the nutrition from the chicken burger, uh, you're not going to beat yourself up. You know, you just move forward or whatever. Yeah, bro. It makes no reasonable sense whatsoever to, to beat yourself up. Like you have to put the self on a pedestal. It's the, it's the Mm -hmm. most sacred thing in existence. You know, it's, it's, it's the force, which is constantly you, which is, which is with you, which is what's driving you, you know, through Mm -hmm. reality and through the world. And, why would I, why would I hinder that? You know, why would I do anything except be the utmost friend to that? Right. To myself because I deserve it. Yeah. Because you exactly. Yeah. And it's been, uh, it's been interesting. We've been um, visiting, we sold our house and we were kind of on our own for a few years and now we're integrating back more with friends and family, you know, being traveling more and uh, we've changed a lot in the last few years. And so we're coming up to a lot more conflict about, the way we see the world with people and you know we don't just want to like blow up every dinner party or when i see old friends that are just completely tied to the two-party system and i want to be like bro that you can did you know you could ignore the whole thing and just focus on your like spiritual alignment and ignore the two-party um but you know like the other day i found myself with a friend and he was like what do you mean bill gates is uh, um is evil he's a humanitarian you know, and my friend's like a successful farmer in Mexico. Um, and I was just like, I don't even know like how to talk about this, you know? Um, so I don't know. I'm wondering what you, what you think about if there's a place to just leave it all at the door in some instances. And I mean, the, you know, the first, the first question is like, do you want to, like, do you personally feel as though you have the energy and you, and you want to, you know, talk to this person more about mm-hmm. it and maybe, maybe, maybe shine a light. In many cases, we really, we really don't want to. But I think, you know, if we do want to, then, you know, there's definitely ways to approach it, you know, mm-hmm. without, without being, you know, balls to the wall, like, you know, sharing a piece of evidence, like sharing an article. Hey, man, just, just came across this. I'm wondering your thoughts on it, you know? Yeah. But then That's again, a, like, it, yeah. it requires two of you. Like, if the other person's not interested, then mm-hmm. there's, there's no place for you to, you know, continue to facilitate that conversation, you know? If you share something and there's no reciprocation of, of, of interest, then that's, mm-hmm. that's where it ends, you know. But in that instance, you've done your part. You've extended a, mm-hmm. a branch um, and it, it wasn't received and you haven't burdened or hurt a relationship, you know, by doing it that way. Yeah. So then, you know, life goes on. But the more I think that we talk, move, behave like in, in authenticity, I think the more natural the right people begin to ask us the question for sure. I found. Yeah. 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 It's true. And it's important to be gentle with other people and stuff when the time calls for it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like you're such an idiot. Bill Gates, right. fucking, you know, genocidal maniac killed millions right. of people. Yeah. Like, Hey man, here's something that's kind of shifted mm-hmm. my perspective a bit. I wonder what you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of the other questions instead of the statements and, facilitating like healthy philosophical play as i've heard it put recently um and uh because a lot of people have lost their philosophical play because they're just through the school systems and the media it's like you just in and then you repeat it and you repeat it and there's no room for uh juggling it for a while yeah um oh hey dude here's a podcast i just recorded let me know your thoughts (laughs) (laughs) true (laughs) yeah honestly um yeah we're coming up on our hour, but there was something else I wanted to mention to you. So I, um, if you want to wrap a bit longer, it's, it's cool, bro. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of 
work going around with like men's work and women's work nowadays. And I, I think it's really cool because there's obviously a lot of lost men and women nowadays, um, uh, seeing as how people are very confused about the way the world works, you know? Um, but you, uh, it's so funny, like, you know, a generation or two ago, your family status wouldn't have been very like remarkable, but now you have multiple children in your early thirties. And to be honest, a lot of places in the world are, are going away from that, you know? Um, and so that's, uh, you have like a tradition, lifestyle kind of i mean despite the way your entrepreneurism the truth but i mean that part alone because a lot of men are um don't know how to connect with women and they and they and then of course the whole children thing and the the gender thing is like totally all over the place but um i bring this up because i'm attending a sacred sons event in about uh two months and i'm really looking forward to it i might have been like meh that's this is like too vulnerable or these guys are too much, they wear too much jewelry or something. I don't know what I would have thought, but now I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. And uh, I've only been made aware of terms like incels and things like this, you know, people that men that just cannot connect with women and men that, that can't connect authentically with themselves. But I'm just wondering if you have a, a comment on men's work of today or what your direction would be for helping men and young men today. Yeah, like, um, I mean, I'm not a polarity coach by any means. I'm not sure. a relationship coach by any stretch of the imagination, you know, in a conventional sense. Um, like, personally, like, you know, I've never been one myself that's, you know, drawn to, like, you know, men's containers and, like, mm-hmm. men's work and the way that it's, you know, out there, I guess, in kind of our world um, today. And, like, for me, man, the process of developing my manhood i guess and like stepping into that role is giving myself responsibility you know yeah Mm -hmm. i think when there's enough responsibility on the plate like and i think like unconsciously like we create the responsibility that's required like we mentioned Mm -hmm. before for us to be Mm -hmm. able to find our courage and find our strength and sharpen our sword you know so like you know for me like i mentioned earlier on in my story like Sure, I met Alyssa, you know, and we got married, you know. That was some responsibility, but it wasn't enough to kick my ass yet. Right. You know, and Valley came along, I had a kid, responsibility builds, you know, that 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 shrub grows mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm letting the cobwebs grow all over me and not maintaining it appropriately until, you know, you know, the pain becomes too much and we have I have to step up. I have yeah. to have that rite of passage. I have to find the strength required to pull out Excalibur's sword. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, for men, it's by really cleaning the lens, cleaning, cleaning the filter and having a very true perspective of reality and really understanding what's required of me, um, you know, to fulfill the obligations mm-hmm. in front of me, to, to nurture the relationships and to really understand what I value. Like mm-hmm. for me, like my values are simple. My values are to have incredibly healthy and connected relationships with my wife and kids. And my health and my, my other value, my other main value is to provide value to myself and my family through doing purposeful work that really excites me. Yeah. Like if those two things are ticked, like I'm good, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so getting on with purpose, man, is it, yeah. so important. And I think, yeah. you know, we've kind of moved through this phase a little bit where like, um, men have kind of put purpose to the side and maybe they've gone too far into believing all I have to do is fulfill my family obligations. Mm. All I have to do is be there for my wife, my kids, pacify them, fill their cups constantly. But if that's at the cost of purpose for a man, then I think we're moving away from the goal because yeah. those relationships in your household and with your spouse and with your partner, they're going to go through turmoil. They're going to go through emotional turbulence. They're not always going to be, you know. For sure. And so man has to retreat to purpose, you know. Yeah. Man mm. can't retreat into, into regression, into stagnancy, like we need to be able to always come to the place of being able to have solitude and create 
wow. and use our creative life force energy in service of a building. Mm -hmm. Like ultimately, that's what we're here to do. And, you know, creativity is a force that, you know, I'm so passionate about because that really is our life force energy. Like when I'm feeling heavy, sluggish, you know, stuff like that, I know it's because there's creative force within me, which I'm not exercising appropriately. I'm not mm -hmm. really addressing the things that I need to address. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's just a simple to-do list, getting the things done, sending the email, paying the people I need to pay, having that conversation, doing the mundane stuff doing the mundane stuff sometimes it's bigger sometimes it's like building a website writing a song creating a new course you know whatever it might be um but i think my advice to to men um would be understanding your values and you know exercising your creative faculties appropriately in service of those values yeah like it's simple That's, and i think yeah. we overthink it we overthink mm -hmm. it so much when it comes to like being a man and all the things that we got to do and all and all the rule book and all the rigidity and like you know there's men's coaches out there today you know it's like oh men have no feminine side whatsoever right. you know it's like it's purely dualistic purely it's like no you have you know you have masculine and feminine archetypes within you as mm -hmm. well you know yeah um it's it's kind of become i don't know how to describe it but you, you get the sense i do yeah i appreciate that perspective you know i think that this is why y'all's um, dynamic with your show and your course is so important because, of course, Jordan Peterson is a phenomenon telling us all to clean our rooms. And I listened to him for years and I found incredible value in the way I started taking way more responsibility and my life started to improve by leagues, you know, yeah. um, my relationships and my, my money. Like it really did. But the part that you're talking about that I think isn't always talked about is that the creative purpose and mm -hmm. that you really exemplify both of you actually through you and your osmos through your your own special um you know mystery school lenses like the telescopes or human design and all these yeah. different things because then it's like you can tell a guy kind of like well clean your room and start picking up responsibility and start helping yourself and then you help others but the magic that you guys bring to it with your podcast and your lens i I didn't really know that was happening. And that has been so refreshing for me. I thought I would have had to go back a thousand years for someone to be like connecting with, you know, like talismans or whatever. I mean, it's been, it's really cool. It, it, it really brings uh, not only like levity to the increased responsibility, but it really brings a call to adventure, you know, because yeah. um, without the lens that y'all bring, without like the magic or the connecting to, like you said, the tarot or the astrology or something like it, it seems more like just work and that work alone can be valuable, but the, the way y'all bring it in with the magic makes it like a spiritual adventure. Um, and so, and, and it is, it is like, yeah. we all like, you know, whether we believe in incarnation or not, whatever, I'll use the context, but we all like incarnated with a unique set of attributes, like, which perhaps mm -hmm. like we chose, you know, in some place beyond or, or, or before this. And to me, like, that's so cool, you know, like tick this, tick this, tick this, I'll, I'll need to develop that, but yeah, I'll start with these qualities. And it's like, man, that's purpose in and by and of itself, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. like through these, through these different frameworks and divinatory arts, like we're kind of given key pieces mm -hmm. to the map already. Right. Um, you know, it's like, this is who I am. This is who I was born to be. Yeah. I don't need to live life on anyone else's terms. Like no one else has the blueprint except for me. Right. Yeah, And like, just quickly, man, one thing I want to add on that, you know, creative um, purpose thing, like if I'm not exercising my creative energy appropriately in service of purpose, I am a nightmare for my family. <laughs> right. Everyone, everyone will sense it like immediately. But when that is energized, when that's in proper flow, like, oh man, like the connections and the way that I'm able to give and provide and, and, and be present and play. Mm -hmm. It's a whole nother level. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, you're 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 being holistically nourished. You know, yeah. it's so funny. My wife and I, we've cut out uh, drinking for the last few months. For yeah, for a while now, we're like working on and it's improving our health. And then it starts to snowball. It's like okay, well now you know drinking too much coffee, too much sugar, now too much seed oil. It's like it really is like oh my goodness, it, it becomes a, a huge uh, momentum of change that can be overwhelming. But um, the free time. 
that I have in the last like half year or whatever from, from drinking less in the evening yeah. is like, wow, there's a lot that I'm not doing. And so even, you know, yesterday she was taking a nap and I was like, well, normally I would go sit at the brewery and read or journal or something. Um, but I'm like, well, I'm not going to go to the brewery. And so I was like, huh. And this space, I was like, so I laid by the pool, listened to a podcast, but I didn't want to lay by the pool. I just was thought I need to relax. And then when we ended up talking about it later and I was like, what I need to do, she's like, well, let's think about ways for you to feel like you can relax. And I was like, to be honest, I don't need to relax. I need to create. I got stuff I want to work on. And so it was like, wow, the, that gap, the space in my life for more creativity, I, I was confused and I thought I needed to relax, but I don't need to relax. That kind of relaxing makes me feel anxious. I need to Mm -hmm. be productive and creative. Yeah, um, and, and that's that that's what is, that's what energizes you, like the, the, right. the rest or sitting there doing nothing and not consolidating our thoughts and putting it into material reality. That's not energizing, right? You know? Oh, yes. sometimes, sometimes, obviously, it's what's necessary, you know. But most of the time, we're not moving that energy through. And right. We do. We need to create. You're right. Yeah, and the booze just would. It was sedating my creative energy when I thought I was relaxing, but yeah. really, I feel energized when I create. Like exactly what you just described as the purpose of a man outside of supporting his family so yeah. um that's awesome man well before we go do you have any last thoughts and also um to share where people can follow you um not, not much is coming up for final thoughts man i really feel like we had a nice you know well-rounded chat and i hope people you know re- definitely receive value out of this conversation um people can find me out here for the truth.com that's the hub um, we've just opened the doors to round eight of Rise Above the Herd. You know, if you'd like to go on the next adventure with us, to start January 8th. And, you know, if you're not ready for that, just I think just listen to the podcast, you know, and find find what excites you, find the conversations that, that light you up. And then when you have that, just pull that thread, you know, and keep keep pulling the thread. Let things unravel, let things unfold, you know. Um, let the magic within and without guide you you know like at the end of the day like i say this often but the greatest conspiracy of all is that the fact that you're a living human being right here right now with animated life force flowing through your bones like what the hell is that yeah what do you do and what do you do with it true yeah it's so true well thank you so much joel i have been you know uh gaining so much value from your content your courses for months now um i've gotten so much more momentum going in my life and I've gotten so many more threads to pull that feel energizing and stuff. And so I really, uh, I really appreciate the work you're doing. And then on top of that, I really appreciate you coming on to talk to me one-on-one. Having a podcast is like a hack. It's like, man, how could I ever talk to Joel Rafiti? <laughs> and it's like, how could I do it? It's like, oh, well, I'll, you know, sign up for his course and have a podcast. And then I can have one-on-one chats. It's, it's been incredible. So thank you. It, it is it is a hack, man. You know, podcasting is, ama- is an amazing creative container. And I feel like we're really just at the beginning, you know, of, mm-hmm. of the power of podcasting, um, even still. But, bro, I'm so grateful to have connected with you and to have crossed paths. I don't believe in coincidences whatsoever. And I feel very confident that this won't be the last conversation we have together. Thank you. I, I love that. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, Joel. Have a great day. Take care, man. Bye. All right. Well, that's it for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And if you would like to support the show, you can make a donation on PayPal. You can find me at Mr. Paul Bry at M-R-P-A-U-L-B-R-I. Or feel free to pick up a copy of my book uh, recently on Amazon called International Backpacking and Domestic Travel, What I Learned While Traveling the World, a Comprehensive How-To Guidebook. You'll find that link below in the show notes. Take care, thanks again, and grow food, not fear.